Hey, what's up, ecosystem? Welcome back again to ATI, the car shipping business channel. My name is Jay. Mic check one, two, three. It's Wednesday. It's noon. That means it's time for live carrier advice. Now, what we did is we took DOT compliance and we realized there's more to it than just the regulations. It's a lot. And we have Brian Riker, your DOT guy. But we also talk about business growing your business, being a carrier. Maybe you want to talk about developing your business as a broker, right? So we are focused on the carrier here, but it's all in the name of auto transport business. That's what the show is. It's Wednesdays at noon. Please do leave a like. You can share it. You can copy it. You can click plus save and listen to it later. Get the podcast. Do all that. You know you can reach out to Ty. Ty is in the live chat. There's his phone number, 417-483-2764. By the way, we are ATI Auto Business, okay? We've gone through our transformations. You know we have the number one transportation conversation, but we break out of our vertical so often that we are now an automotive business channel, and we understand the carrier the most, all right? So we are, we're doing our best to reach across the aisle, on behalf of the entire industry and we appreciate you jumping into the live chat and helping us do that feel free to ask your questions share your thoughts grow your business ladies and gentlemen it's been too long he is our friend he helps us his name is brian Riker, and we're lucky to have him so please do help me welcome to center stage brian can you see me and hear me okay that's a heck of an introduction, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, you're welcome. Well, we appreciate your advice and taking the time to join us. Um, so, I'll tell you what. We'll jump right in. I've been trying to make things happen even faster than before. Chris is here. He says, welcome back. David at Two Bears. He's at the shop getting compliant. Very good, David. That's awesome. Uh, and we know you're serious about your business. In fact, we know that what's really nice is most of the people that tune in to these shows regularly are serious about their business. And so that's what makes this community so great. Um, Larry is here. What's up, Larry? Uh, oh, Devin Victory Live Transport. What's going on? And of course, Ty Cars on the Move is here. So let's do this. So I said this earlier. ATI Auto Business is kind of the new moniker around here. Um, so you'll see that. Of course, this is live carrier advice. So we're going to jump right into, we're, we're seeing, yes, Hotshot hot Trucking is a very popular Facebook page. I don't have to, I don't have to say that, but, um, but I want to call attention to a very common post. I'm ready to get started. I've got my truck. Tell me all the ways to get started. And then I think I put in, yeah, then, uh, this guy says, you need a stack of money. This guy says, couldn't have picked a worse time. And the moderator just does a copy and paste saying, I post this every time I see this, which is a lot. Um, let's see. Look out for the rates. You might want to start as a company driver. Do you have a business plan? Do you have a CDL? Brian, you want to jump in? How are we doing they're, here? They're, they're great points there. I don't understand where the idea that trucking is something you can dabble in comes from i get asked this question often and i'm a member of a couple other trucking message boards some that are really old some that are fairly new 
and this is a question that gets asked in hot shot specific forums all the time i want to do this part time i either i'm a full-time career firefighter and so i have three days a week that i'm off or i'm a computer guy that works from home and i'm looking to do something in my spare time or i can't hold a job anywhere else and i got a pickup truck and i want to put it to work and none of those are really great reasons to get into this business i'm not saying you can't be successful but this is a business not a hobby so you need to have a business plan you need to have an understanding of the market forces that are at work and that's what i love about channels like ati uh where we discuss the market forces in case you haven't noticed the world's turned upside down in the last 18 months and this is only the beginning we haven't even got all the way to the top of the roller coaster yet for the ride we're on we just wait more is coming and then of course we have the questions with cdl where are you going to run what do i need to be compliant and legal and so many people wrongfully assume that because they have a three-quarter ton pickup truck they're not a commercial vehicle nothing applies to them and and that just sets you up for disaster so i'm glad that that person's asking a question but you should already know some of these answers before you come to a public forum and ask that question yeah i, I want to jump in and say i think that is that is the frustration is that it it, it seems to show a lack of of information up front but i do think because i love to ask where'd you get that idea and i do think that it stems from i've i've got a truck i should mm -hmm. be able to put it to work but the and, difference between right the difference between just delivering uber and stuff right uber eats this isn't uber eats no and i wholeheartedly support the I have a truck and I have a drive. Let me put it to work motto. That's what makes America great is at least in 49 other states, we still have the freedom to be an independent contractor and be and do our own thing. So this country is built on people just going to work. Some of the largest motor carriers in this country are built on people going to work. Love them, hate them, indifferent, but J.B. Hunt, the late John Bryant Hunt started that company with one truck out of his house because he needed something to do in Arkansas outside of farming. And he didn't know what he was doing when he started the company. So I'm not saying you got to have all the answers to get started, but it helps to have some of them, especially with the amount of information that's available today. Well, and that was, I don't know, what was the year on that? He was uh, in the early 60s i believe right. maybe I mean, late 50s early so 60s. much has changed and it's another thing i think that some folks think oh well you're trying to keep me out mm. no right no i, I just want to make really. sure that you're successful because here's what happens folks we're not trying to keep everybody out of the business to keep it all for ourselves i don't have a truck in the game anymore i sold everything in 2018 I don't have a truck left. I make my money from new companies starting up. And yet I still advise a lot of people not to. What we're worried about and what a lot of people, why they're guarded with information in this industry is worried about is someone coming in and undercutting the rates, violating hours of service, working around the clock, doing the quote impossible because you don't know any better. 
And then that drives down the value of everybody's service. So if you're going to come into a market, understand what you're worth and don't sell yourself short. You're not doing anybody any favors when you sell yourself below market value, because then eventually that becomes the new normal for market value. Devin says it sucks for a newbie until you get a hold of things. That's well said. In fact, uh, Devin says, I screwed up my ELD. How do I get it, go about correcting it? It's going to depend on what you did to screw it up. <laughs> um, sometimes it's as simple as, as sitting out a 34-hour restart and letting everything reset to zero. Uh, sometimes the customer service line at your ELD company can fix uh, these mistakes. Others, you just note it as a defect that the machine is defective. Write yourself. You have to Give it to the carrier in writing. So you got to send yourself an email or a text message that your ELD is defective. And you can run paper for up to eight days while you get it fixed and it resets itself. So it's going to depend on what you did, what you mean is screwed up on it. Let's see here. Let's go back to some more stuff in the mailbag. Um, oh, yeah. Last night's show. Start Hotshot Car Hauling Business Cycle. It was a YouTube video review. You can already go up to the show, and I've got a lot of the, uh, we were, dude, we reviewed 10 videos. Now, we only looked at about a minute and a half to two minutes of 10 different videos. And let's see here. Here's the, here's the live show link. Uh, there it is. Put it in the live chat. And, um, you can go in the video description and see some of the video links and watch them, and then you can tune in and you know, put in the comments how you feel about it. Uh, but essentially, this was video 10. Hot shotters are dropping like flies. Which should concern us. It should concern everybody. What, what's really interesting, Brian, is that this is something that Ty and I would talk about a lot. And... We're kind of ringing the alarm bell. Hot shotters are dropping like flies. And maybe wedgies aren't cool and all that stuff. The thing is, we take all these folks out of the mix that are going to be delivering vehicles for shippers, clients, fleet management companies, auctions, dealers, etc. If it gets bad enough, uh, will there be a problem? Yeah, it'll make the carriers to the left have a greater value to add to the market, and it could help stabilize the rates. Because right now, everyone seems surprised that as diesel fuel spikes, so I'm sitting in uh, Wildwood, Georgia right now, and it's 535 at the big chain and 519 at the little Mapco station. Um People think that as our costs go up, new trucks are scarce and expensive. Um, they, they think our rates are going up, but they're not because there is an overcapacity. So these companies dropping off, I'm sad for them, but these companies dropping off are ultimately good for correcting the industry. Everyone got in while the balloon was blowing up and we freight was plentiful. You didn't have to have a clue what you were doing to make money a year ago. Well, now today you've got to understand market cycle, lanes, and cost of operation to survive. And it's scary. It's sad. 
I hope these folks didn't lose everything that they have when they shut their business down. Um, but ultimately, it's good for the overall market because it'll make those of us that are left more in demand. And the more product or services in demand, the more you can charge for it. Hey, Devin adds, uh, hey, forgot to log off duty last week. The clock kept ticking. Did not notice it until the next day. Came out to do a pre-trip. So I think you called it, Brian. Yeah, well, off-duty off can be edited as long as the truck hadn't driven and he hadn't certified his logs before he started the pre-trip. Then he could have gone back in and edited the off-duty time or the on-duty, not driving time, to off-duty. But if you've already certified your logs, then you're not editing it. Uh, or if you started driving and moving the truck, and then you've locked in some of that time. Or if it was stuck on the drive line, then you'd call that a malfunction. So yeah, and that's nothing a 34-hour reset wouldn't fix, as long as you're truly logged off-duty. Um, so you can always try to edit that time if you have administrative privileges. If not, whoever has admin privileges on your ELD should be able to edit anything except the drive line and turn it to off-duty. And by the way, this is one of those fun areas if you're new and you're researching. What we're talking about has nothing to do with driving or negotiating a rate. This is just some of the fun that you have to look forward to when dealing with all the regulations of trucking. Sure. It's fun. Um, babysitter. It's gonna be fine. We'll just we'll edit it in post. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I just wanted to point out around sixty percent of new restaurants fail within the first year, and nearly eighty percent shutter before their fifth anniversary. Now, why is that? They run out of money. Mm -hmm. And 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 just like I mean, you're a restaurant. If you're starting a trucking company, you're starting a restaurant. New owners believe the business will start generating profit right away. And it's this belief. That is belief. not true. Right. No, I, I coach everybody to have at least three to six months, not just of your personal living expenses. You should always have that. You should have that before you ever even consider leaving a job and starting a business. Three to six months of personal expenses in the bank where you're not going to touch it. And it's not an emergency that you need the latest greatest sports car that's out on the market that's a true emergency fund for when your income stops coming in but in business we call that retained earnings and your goal should be to have about the same three to six months of retained earnings or when you're just starting the business your startup capital needs to be able to float you for at least 90 days at least three months preferably 180 days because a lot of your customers don't even pay you for 45 to 60 days from the date you spent the money to do the job. They you turn in the paperwork, which takes a day or two after you finish the job when you're by yourself. And that starts that 30, 45, 60 day clock. And then when they say, oh, the check's in the mail and we don't know what happened, we'll issue you a new check. Before you know it, you're getting paid four months after you did the work. So it's not as easy as drive the truck today, deliver the car, put the check in your pocket, and pay for fuel with that money next week. That just is not the reality of this business. That's why in the dispatch office, whenever we had a driver uh, say like, you know, hey, um, start instead of quick pay, just look for COD loads. In fact, 
ask them if they can pay cash. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, so we had this one. You had, the question was asked, this was a while ago, just in summation again. I took a drug test for a job, came back positive for THC, but I was only taking CBD gummy for anxiety. That should I work. Feel, that works, right? I feel his pain, but unfortunately... It is a marijuana derivative product. And here's the problem, folks. THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, is still a federally prohibited substance. Being such, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration does not regulate testing on these products that you can buy over the counter that claim to have zero THC. This is an area of expertise for my oldest daughter. She does lab work. In fact, she actually just left the company that they founded, and she started another company as an independent consultant, consulting to medical labs all over the world. She actually has customers in other countries now. Um, and so this information comes from someone that works in this every day. To claim zero THC on these gummies or the uh, any of the creams and ointments or whatever, they only have to test it to below 0 0.03 one time, and they can claim zero because 0.03 is the legal limit that can be in a product, which also happens to be the threshold that's going to cause you to return a positive DOT drug test. So that zero is an average of all product that they produce. If they're an honest company, they take a random sample of every batch and make sure it's at or below the claimed zero. If they're not, they only had to have one test certificate one time to show they made a zero. And you don't know who's who and what's what. You take it completely legitimately, honestly believing it's zero THC, and then you end up with a positive drug test and you have to go through the return to duty process as if you're a habitual drug offender. It just is not worth it to take any CBD-based product when you are a commercial truck driver, even if you're just a non-CDL driver that's not subject to DOT drug testing. Because if for some reason that shows up somewhere or you answer the questions on your medical examiner's form honestly – and say you take a CBD gummy for anxiety or pain or whatever, you just medically disqualified yourself as a truck driver, and you have to go through the SAP, which is the Substance Abuse Professional Counseling and Return to Duty process. You can't mess with this stuff, even when it's legal in your state, because it's still federally prohibited. Which, again, is another reason why this is not a side hustle. Unfortunately. I'd like to, I, I wish everybody with a pickup truck could just put it to work. But I'm all listening to you week after week, man, I would never do it. You There's know? a lot to it. There really is a lot to running a safe, effective, profitable, compliant transportation business. Can you just put your pickup truck to work with no numbers on it and get away with it? There's folks that do that every day. They've done it for years. You're all right until you're not all right. It's it, like they say, it's not illegal till you get caught. <laughs> I, I'm not advocating that, 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 that's for that. CBD but it gummy, not illegal until <laughs> you get caught. Uh, let's see here. 
This is interesting. This guy put in Hotshot Truck. I'm telling you, this is the place to go if you've got extra time. Uh, this guy won a case against his DOT officer. He goes on and talks about, go to court and fight your tickets. Basically, I, regardless of what it was about, although it was an ELD, what's that, your that take one's on... In, that, yeah. that one there was interesting because he claims to have won against his DOT officer because he was on his first trip and hadn't plugged his ELD in. There is no first trip exception. The 8 and 30 days only applies if you know you're not going to... Uh, uh, if you're going to mostly be short haul, then you need time card records at home. Uh, you can use a paper log, but there is no, it's okay to wait till it comes in the mail and you can use paper until then rule. So that was a local judge that probably took sympathy on him. That's not a legitimate win against the DOT officer because that was a legitimate ticket for not having an ELD. You need them in the truck before they are put in service. They are under parts and accessories necessary for safe operation. There is no, well, I'm waiting for it to come in and it's back ordered. I'm going to use paper. There is no, well, it's my first trip. I can do eight days and then I'll have it plugged in by then. That's not the intent of the exception for eight and 30 days. But Brian, I'm non-CDL. I don't care. You're over 10,000 pounds gross vehicle weight rating. You can take your F-150 pickup truck and put a one-car trailer behind it and be a fully regulated DOT vehicle. Because combined, you're going to exceed 10,000 pounds gross vehicle weight rating. And this is where that happens. It's not just our industry. I just wrote an article on this in uh, Tow Industry Week, which is an online publication for the towing industry. And I had several people call me out that I said, you can be a DOT-regulated truck at a three-quarter ton pickup. And they were arguing with me, and I had to explain that fact to them. Mike check one two. We got about ten more minutes left right. here on live carrier. Advice. All right, am I am I yeah. back now? Yeah, you're good. All right, yeah. I have my phone on do not disturb, and it, it disturbed me for a phone call. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, uh, you got to be careful even with the three quarter ton trucks because a lot of them today have greater than ten thousand pound GVW. Uh, I like memes. <laughs> I don't exactly know how this applies here. But I thought, this is a good one. Lady holding the dog's mouth shut. That's the sales team presenting a solution. Customer excited across the table. Can't see the lady holding the dog's mouth shut, which implies that's the supply chain team knowing the solution can't be delivered. Uh. <laughs> I feel like this is a carrier, broker, dispatcher situation. Oh yeah, that, that's when that's when the uh, broker makes promises to a customer <laughs> before they've even secured a the carrier. carrier the, the, the carrier is the dog. Is the carrier the dog? The carrier is the dog. Oh man, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I've said this before. ATI Auto Business, not your granddaddy super trucker call hunting CB channel. I know that's a little harsh. But we are focused on... Man, things are changing so fast. Um, and we want to make sure that everybody knows that, uh, you know, why not Why not be specific in delineation of one thing from another? Let's do this. Let me share this. And this will bring us up to... I saw this. Is this speculation live or what is going on here? U.S. court ruling may take 70,000 truckers off the road. Yes, this is uh, our Supreme Court who wants Man, to return what are they to doing? the state 
the rights to regulate what goes on within the border of their state. And, and I don't believe they made the right decision here where they wanted to uh, where they refused to hear the challenge to California's yeah. AB5. AB5, for those of you that are new and have been under a rock for the last five years, is a coordinated attack on gig workers and independent contractors. You know it's a bad piece of legislation when they've carved out several hundred specific occupations, such as doctors, anesthesiologists, lawyers, um, certain freelance journalists, and on and on. Uh, it's a misguided attempt to protect lease operator truckers from unscrupulous business practices. But in its attempt to protect people by forcing them to be employees when they may prefer to be an independent owner, it has basically made the owner-operator model as we know it illegal in the state of California because of the B-prong where you cannot be engaged in substantially similar business to the company you're contracting with. So if you own a truck, and you lease it on to ABC Trucking, well, they're in the business of trucking. It's presumed you're an employee, even if you own the truck now. And that's causing a big problem. It's caused a lot of large motor carriers to stop doing leased on owned operators, stop lease purchase programs. It's even caused some large brokers to reconsider doing business with single owner operators and instead choosing to only do business with trucking companies that are registered corporations. And there's some attorneys that say that this can be fought and won. Some say it can't. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, and it's very expensive to get a lawsuit that way. I don't think that any one individual has enough resources. Oh, he's being disturbed again. Yeah, we're talking about the U.S. Supreme Court announced they denied the California Trucking Association's petition for a hearing over... They denied the hearing. Nope, yes. not going to hear it. That means they've decided that the lower court's ruling was fair and just and stands. And so what happened since 2020, there's been an injunction against the lower court's ruling to say that this goes into effect. So when the Supreme Court denied hearing that, it gave seven days, 168 hours for people that have been independent owner operators in the state of California to cease operations with their business. Seven days notice to give up what you've worked a lifetime for. This is ridiculous, and like I said, it's a misguided attempt by the Supreme Court to return certain rights to the states that the states should not have when it affects interstate commerce. I'm all for individual state rights, but not when it affects interstate commerce. There is a Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution that's supposed to prevent things like this. Secondly, this has been a coordinated attack by... California and predominantly, and I don't like playing partisan because I work in Washington, D.C. quite a bit, um, but this has been predominantly an attack against the gig economy from the Democrats, and they don't want independent businesses. They want people to work. And... Um, I just lost my train of thought because I got well, to Well, and I'll tell you, I'm going to jump in and say this. Well, I'll tell you what, and we're going, we only got a couple minutes left. But before we, because the thing is that, okay, Supreme Court craziness, right? We know we've, we've, we've seen, and the thing is that, 
This is the problem. I know there's plenty of people that are like, we love what just happened. And there's a lot of people that can't stand it. Um, that will be the case for every law ever created by man or God or, or whatever happens. But the thing is that I've always thought the federal government has beef with the independent contractor in that for years. If you go yes. look, at, look at what happens when you file your taxes, the IRS hates the independent business person. Yes. I mean, that's just the way the tax law has always looked to me. Um, well, you're so, a gig worker. You get it. Right. I mean, I've been an independent contractor since the 90s. Um, and it, so it's never been easy. So, But this just takes it even further. Um, yes. Which, now that we've got what I'm, I'm seeing two for two on terrible Supreme Court decisions, gosh, what's whoa, next? Whoa. Holy well, mackerel. what the problem with this is, too, is now this will embolden. There were seven other states that wanted to use the same ABC test that was codified in California Assembly Bill 5. And now this will allow New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and right. I forget what the other ones are, to put their law in place because right. they, they know that the it's not going to be challenged. It's a trigger, yes, yeah, and, it's and, a trigger. And, and they have... They, they have precedent now that it's acceptable, and they can point to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling and say, hey, this is an acceptable practice. And so what's even worse is our own labor secretary, Marty Walsh, U.S. Department of Labor, wants to use the same language on the federal level to define who can be an independent contractor. Uh oh, there he goes again. But if anybody's keeping track... This is one crappy one for the Democrats and one crappy one for the conservatives. I just want to point that out. Yes. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is bad. This is just bad all around. Terrible. And, and are we, while are we're we... on Supreme Court decisions, we have the one where they're saying that the EPA overstepped their authority yeah, to regulate that. power plants. No, that was not a way you're going to get out of your emission regulations on your diesel truck. It doesn't mean you can go delete your truck today and not have to worry about DEF and DOCs and uh, particulate filters. That was very specific on fixed electrical generating power plants, that ruling. So I would love it if they took away the EPA's right to regulate our trucks, but that's not going to happen. The EPA did these regulations within the scope of what Congress allows. We got a couple minutes left, Brian. Please do tell us more about your podcast. I guess I should change the little uh, thumbnail for the DOT compliance that scrolls down the bottom of that website. Well, isn't that one? I, well, <laughs> that that's the, isn't that the way? It's it never. It's yes. It never ends. I need to so, I'll send you. I'll send you a new thumb. Yes, and now, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and we've changed the name of our all. Yeah, I know. It's hard to get. Yes. I know. That's so uh, to answer your question, um, I am your DOT guy, Brian Riker, and I have a little company called Fleet Compliance Solutions where I uh, help make helpful advice and help carriers stay legal and compliant with these regulations, especially carriers that don't even understand that they are a motor carrier like your plumber, your landscaper, your tow truck operator, your hotshot guy that wants to do it part-time. Uh, and along with that, I have yourdotguy.com, 
which is the landing page for the podcast that I host. I try to launch new episodes every Saturday, but it doesn't always get done. I have a lot on my plate. And you can go anywhere that you listen to podcasts and find On the Road with your DOT guy. And especially if you're interested, one of my best episodes is on marijuana and the truck driver. So if you're really interested in that subject, it's episode six or seven. You go to yourdotguy.com, subscribe to the podcast. It will take you to a link that will allow you to listen to all the episodes. Well, Brian, everything's better when it's on marijuana. But, you know, um... (laughs) That's a great DOT compliance joke. Listen, appreciate everybody <laughs> jumping into the live chat and asking questions. And I just want to say, um, oh, here we go. Angel's got another question. What do you say to someone that has their authority, has done all their research, all their numbers to cover as far as overhead, and is getting started? Good luck. If you've done your research and you know what it's going to cost to run the business and you know where you're going to get work from, then you're ahead of probably 80% of the people that are starting this business and you should be all right. All I can say is historical data may not be accurate for the next year or two while the market recorrects. But uh, uh, if you've done the research, you have the cash reserves and you know what it's going to cost you. Fortunes are made when the market's down. This is Well, it's interesting. That's right. When things, when chaos, when there's chaos, there's opportunity. Um, and Angel had asked, how do you do a market research on a typical lane when you run or when you want to run, for example, lumber? And Ty had put in, go to the lumber yard, watch, listen, and ask a few questions. But I like that sure. you're looking into what you think is your lane. Well, I think what's exactly scared, what and scares me the most is I'm here, I got a truck, and I'm ready. What do I do? And on that specific question, lumber, there is data for the uh, regional state level county level even that will tell you new housing starts that is the number of building permits that have been applied for and approved and then how many have actually begun construction and you can predict fairly accurately three to six months out what the demand for building materials which is primarily lumber are going to be in any given region of the country based on how many applications to build new homes there are so for that specific lane you look and see where the construction is and you look and see where the lumber is coming from because that rotates around as far as mature and they harvest them for lumber, plant new trees. So you look at where the lumber is coming from and where the peak is for housing starts and that'll tell you where the lumber is going for that specific commodity. But there's all sorts of reports like that that will help you figure all sorts of things out. I, I used to use leasing reports from the credit companies to tell me what type of volume of cars I was going to have to ship in a certain area. Uh, You can look at consumer confidence indexes. You can look at freight trends from like freight waves or uh, uh, um, the DAT, dial a truck load board. They have a great comprehensive report on what's going on in general trucking that might help you make the right decision to research a lane. Check this out. I found it. Um, I put it in the live chat. I put in, check out this video on used car lot strategy. One of the reasons we always talk about breaking out of our vertical, that's how we uh, get great perspective and learn uh, what our customers, shippers, clients, etc. are doing. And in this video on used car lot strategy, 
Jason Rice shows you how he looks at economic factors way beyond just a used car lot to determine demand, etc. To, pr to make predictions, so that's really good. Um, Brian, mm -hmm. I know we're over time, and I want to thank everybody in the live chat. Brian, I want to thank you so much. Um, this show goes so fast, but that's great. <laughs> right? Look at that. We yes, just blazed like through 36 show. minutes. So, yeah. thank you for that. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Jay. All right, Brian. Well, then we're going to let you go. I'm going to say goodbye to the audience, and um, we'll see you. Are we... Am I overly optimistic? Are we back next Wednesday? We were scheduled for next Wednesday, so I'll leave it up to you. I have it on my calendar. Well, that's I up to you. That we did pretty good. I think we did all right on views today, so um, hopefully not to jinx it. But if the views stink <laughs> next weekend, I'm coming after the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> all sounds, right, man. Sounds good. All right, well, thanks, man. Keep me posted. Let me know if anything comes up, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Brian. Right. Bye, okay. everybody. All right, see ya. And everybody, uh, for tuning in, really do appreciate it. If you've got a question, you know that you can... Uh, oh, here, let me share his email. You can email your question to onair at yourdotguide.com. I put it in the live chat. That's the best way to get an answer. If you have something... Man, I know this compliance stuff. You need, you want an answer as soon as possible, um, at least to be pointed in the right direction. Brian does have a company, and if it's too in depth, he may say, "Well, I'm going to want you to hire me for me to help you with this." But at least you have a lifeline on air at yourdotguy.com. That is Brian Riker. He is your dot guy. I shared the link to his podcast, uh, Devin. Says Washington D.C. sucks. <laughs> there we go. Took the words right out of my mouth. You know, D.C. is fun to visit. That, that, that you want to draw the line there? Just visit. Don't want to have business. Um, and this, yeah, this like this AB five stuff. You know, what do you do, right? Don't you feel powerless? Like you know, it's like, and this is actually why. Things like what Brian does is important because he's involved at advocacy at that national political level. So, uh, you know, while we may not like politics, uh, there comes a time and a place where we need an advocate that we can contact. And again, Brian does that too. So we really appreciate all that Brian does. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, staying, staying safe, saying hello. I'll, I'll find the words at some point. I'm tripping over myself because tomorrow is Dispatching Live. It, it will be Thermonuclear Thursday again. And we are here to, wow, dive into the really message sausage making behind the scenes. If you enjoy load boards and rates and all the complaints, join us on Thursdays for the 90-minute show. Starts at noon central time on Dispatching Live. I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and share the link because the, the show is already set and ready to go. And all you got to do is set your reminder. It's easy. Here comes the link. I'll just say DL and link, and there you go. For the people, by the people, keep pushing everyone. 
I just, uh, gosh, Chris, I don't know. I'm trying to, I, I, I know some people that are extremely disturbed about some of the recent Supreme Court stuff, like, really, really beside themselves. And I've seen some videos that were really interesting, too. So, uh, I'll leave that where it is, but on this AB5 stuff, that isn't, that's not good for the independent contractor. So, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. All right, it's time to let you go. I gotta say goodbye. I've had too much fun. I, uh, see, it's hard to say goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for making it hard to say goodbye. I really do appreciate that. Stay safe. Stay tuned. Thanks for watching ATI. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.